The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we are joined by one of our special, special friends, (laughs) Uh, Ryan C. Thomas. Uh, They keep pulling me back in. uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, it it is rare to see somebody that loves Goosebumps as much as us. (laughs) I mean, we haven't found anyone like that yet, but (laughs) you'll you'll do... (laughs) But, I can't understand why they're <laughs> magical. It does it kind of like screw with you a little bit that they sold 400 million copies. It's insane. When I was trying to decide what title to read, I just I could not believe how many frigging titles there are. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, nuts. and especially if you get into all the like the extra ones, you know, like the the spin-off series. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's got like teen witch series and it's amazing like what does this guy do thing all day except write these shitty stories yeah i don't know how long they are i mean they're what probably 15 20 thousand words something like that they're not super long so yeah, maybe probably banging out in a day act two days maybe. yeah yeah it's not like any of them have like these complex stories or anything like that what <laughs> clearly none of them are actually plotted out yeah he just <laughs> uh, Oh, dude, the end of mine is the least plotted out thing I've ever seen. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Like, it blew my mind. I was like, really? He did this? He did it? Like, it made me so mad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, before we get into uh, doing our TV ep- or our TV show. Um, Are we doing that first? I would assume. I mean, no? Do y'all want to do books first? It, yeah, we can do TV show first. Uh, okay. It doesn't really matter. Well, before we get into anything else, uh, what's new with y'all? Um, here I'll I'll go first since uh, we have a guest. Uh huh. <laughs> Should we let the guest go first? <laughs> I don't. How gracious of you, <laughs> Brian! You got anything new going on? Me? I thought you were going. No, nah, you can go first. <laughs> this is his news. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i uh, knew well i don't know when was the last time i was on here it was like six months ago so let's see the baby was born then so we still ha- we still have the baby so that's good um, <laughs> didn't we added a cat <laughs> uh got that book out uh we can talk about oh, that yeah, later yeah. We don't have to, you we don't uh, have to spam people up front um yeah i don't know today my wife and i are going on a date to see halloween because uh, I haven't been out of the house, you know, other than doing kids stuff. We haven't done adult stuff in like nine months. So yeah. I'm currently drinking champagne at nine in the morning. Yes, yeah, the baby. <laughs> that baby is uh, puking and pooping just like Brian's dogs. <laughs> it was my dog, but whatever. <laughs> it was my cat, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. It's an it's a easy thing to confuse. Oh, it, was Craig. it was Craig's dog, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, but, I'm drinking, right? I mentioned hey, that part. Hey, no worries. No worries. We we expect that out of somebody whose mind has just been 
steined. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what's up with you, Brian? Um, Well, I should have. Let's see. What? When would this thing drop? Like tomorrow? Next couple days? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like a week or so after this drops, um, should have the trailer for the next project I'm doing. No, really. Which would be kind of cool. Um, it's a it's a movie called The House on Judith Street. Mm-hmm. Um, partially uh, inspired by true events. It's like a haunting thing. Yeah. The guy who wrote it, um, his name is Monty uh, Plaisance, right? Uh, he was like a paranormal investigator for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he wrote like, so, well, this book is based like kind of on true events he had whenever he was a paranormal investigator. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be fun. And what's it called? House on Victoria Street? Judith, but close. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I I, uh, I must have zoned out there for a second. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So is it done being shot or? Um, No, it's it's in like production right now. But uh, we're trying to get a um, trailer out uh, by Halloween. Oh, okay. so. Is it good? is it going to be distributed, or is this going to be like a video on demand download type of deal? You know, I'm not sure because uh, I just do post production. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tells me anything. Take um, the money and run. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it might try to be like in some festivals and stuff, but I don't know the specifics. <laughs> Dude, you should Sorry. not mention it unless you know everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go through the cast list and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quick question. Who is the best boy grip? Now, now. Oh. Need an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and I have nothing. I have nothing as far as <laughs> my life. I cleaned up dog shit and, and throw up, or dog throw up this morning, so that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Could you describe the throw up? Um, well, it was full of dog shit because my dog ate it. So, so that was that was about it. It was it was a terrible way to wake up. <laughs> you gag. So my I have two dogs, and they often will throw up in the morning or like three a.m. or whatever. And when I get up, you know, because I, I my wife's like, "Go clean that up," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And then uh, it it's disgusting to the point that. I don't gag, but there's just some times where I'm like, I'm probably going to throw up. Do yeah. you have that reaction? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's like hot and mucusy, <laughs> and it's 3 a.m. and you're half asleep. You know? uh, yeah, and you'd rather be doing anything other than cleaning up dog throw up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd rather be staple gunning my nuts to the wall than <laughs> yeah. having to clean that up at 3 a.m. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. Well, I mean, uh, really terrible smells often uh, make me gag. It's something with being human, I guess. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I'm I'm very like queasy as far as that goes. And yes, basically this morning, uh, you know, like just over and over while doing that. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I went to the zoo yesterday. It's been a good 25 years since I've been to the zoo. It was um, it was fine. What was your favorite animal? <laughs> they were all, <laughs> they were also majestic. I did. I couldn't quit looking at elephants' feet, though. They don't look right. 
Like yeah. it looked like, like yeah. God dot like couldn't draw at that point or something. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> just uh, terrible. Terrible, terrible. I was just like, how the fuck does he live with that? But anyway, I mean what what zoo is near you guys? Houston, Houston Zoo. Houston Zoo, okay. Yeah. So but my daughter really liked it. She enjoyed the zoo a lot. So that was really what it was all about. But I kinda wanted my, you know, seventy dollars back. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's but, a lot for one day. Well, I mean, I could have paid like a hundred and something and gotten year passes, but eh. Yeah, it's that's, not, that's what we do here in San Diego. We just pay the hundred. It's like a hundred and I don't know, fifty bucks, but it's a year. I go because I live right down the street from the uh, San Diego Safari Park. Uh, oh, that, which, that place is the cool. one. Where, yeah, so I go once every two weeks or whatever. I take the kids. It's totally worth it. Oh yeah. Okay, pay me Safari Park. Yeah. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, see, I would. I mean, but we're like thirty miles away. Brian's real close to the zoo, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like uh, a little. I'm like a mile away from the zoo. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Just walk over there and see your brethren. <laughs> but all right, uh, yeah. So Halloween later today. That'll be cool. I am psyched. I guess it's getting good reviews, right? Yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard good stuff. I think it dominated the box office this weekend. Like, what else is out? I don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Is Assassination Nation <laughs> still going on? Is what? Assassination Nation. Remember, there was like five people when I saw <laughs> it in the theater. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know anything else that's out right now. I think Goosebumps Two is out. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Goosebumps Two. That's right. When does Suspiria drop? My gosh, that looks good. I don't know, isn't it like next year? What is, no. What is it? The Suspiria, Suspiria remake? Oh, Suspiria. I thought you said the Spear Beer. I was like, <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> you had me at Spear Beer. Uh, <laughs> remake. Drop date. Uh, let's um, see. Yeah, I think it's pretty soon. Oh, October 26th. I really oh, wow. want to see like that. Six days from now. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be good. By the director of Call Me By Your Name. It's, yep. Never uh, heard of it. Uh, all I know is that a dude like comes in a peach. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all I know about that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it won like an Oscar, right? Yeah, <laughs> best best peach come scene. <laughs> yeah, Very I never win awards on fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, do y'all want to since since we have no news, <laughs> we played through all the hits. Um, uh, do y'all want to do the movie or the TV show first? You want to do the books first? I don't know. I f- I feel like I feel like books should go first. All right. We'll start with we, your book. We come together as a team. Yeah. At the end, on a peach. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you can go first. Oh. Who's, who, who are you talking to? Uh, you. Oh. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure. All right. Then I, I'm going to come at you with uh, R.L. Stein's A Shocker on Shock Street. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's a doozy. 
<laughs> um, okay, so it's uh, it, it's it's uh, real quick. You know, I picked this one because I like to do um, themes to my Goosebumps books, and this is the only other one in the original run that had anything to do with an insect. Okay, because I did bees last time. Oh, okay, and this yeah. one, this one is the one with the mantis on the front. Um, oh, I've seen this cover. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's the, it's also the mantis from the movie, um, the original Goosebumps movie. Oh, really? But yeah, um, I will tell you right now, it has almost nothing to do with this mantis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical steining right there. Yeah. Right? We got steined on the cover. The cover bait and switch. That is, I'm beginning to notice that that's the typical Stein move. So, okay. This one uh, follows the adventures of two kids, um, Aaron and Marty. What was the okay. first name? What? What was the first name? Aaron. Aaron. Okay. Um, a little girl and a little boy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, this one, okay, is it? it's weird. It does not follow the going to see your aunt and uncle or grandma and grandpa over the summer break. Mm-hmm. It does not have that. It has no little sibling or what? older sibling. Whoa. I know. Wait, wait, wait. Is the kid new in town? No, they are not new in town. Whoa. New neighbors? Nothing. Wow. What? Ghost so. Rider. He got a ghost rider for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this one, it's uh, Aaron is our main character. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Marty is her best friend, right? And so it starts off with them uh, basically um, hiding, right? And scared for their lives, uh-huh. right? And then um, there is like basically a monster, and it is a it is described as a crab with a wolf head. Uh-huh. Just like, sure that that uh-huh. So just like a praying mantis. Just like a praying mantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's but it turns out they were at a uh, a movie theater and they were watching like <laughs> 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 they were no, watching see, right there you know it's not a ghost writer. That's definitely yeah. Oh, that's classic Stein. <laughs> um so they're watching a movie called uh Shocker 6. Mm-hmm. I believe is what it was, right? Um, and it's basically just crappy movie, right? Okay, like a like a like a B movie sort of thing. And there's a um, movie studio called Shocker Studios, and I think it's supposed to be Troma. Okay, now <laughs> the reason why is um, later on they're talking about like all these characters um, from uh, the, the shocker studios. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, they have stupid names like shock and stuff. Right. Uh-huh. And like wolf boy and wolf girl and the piranha people and stuff like that. There's this huge list. Um, but one of them is just straight up the toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That I mean, could... it's 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 called the Toxic Wild Man. Is, oh, is I, thought, I thought you no, meant no, just... it, it wasn't just straight up, you know, Toxic Adventure, <laughs> but it was like it it was it was basically that, right? And so this whole book is sort of like 
um, I don't want to say a love letter because <laughs> usually, you know, you, you kind of put some effort into those things um, <laughs> to, to Troma Studios, right? So um, Aaron's dad uh, get, got them into the movie because uh, Shocker 6 wasn't out yet. It was a special sneak preview. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out he works with a bunch of Hollywood types, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it says Hollywood people. Like in quotes. And, and so, um, but here's the deal his job is not in Hollywood. His job is he makes amusement parks. Okay. And, it's like it turns out he does things like Universal Studios. Okay, oh, okay. I was so trying he, to figure out why Hollywood yeah, people. No, tied it leaves in. you in the dark for a long time because it says like he works with Hollywood people on like the first chapter, and then the next one it's like, well, he he does amusement parks, and it's like, is he just forgetting <laughs> what he just said that the dad did for a living? And then like another chapter later, it explains it. But huh. so he's got this new. Um, Universal Studio style attraction, right? Called, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, it's just based on Shock Street. Yeah. Okay? And so he's going to let the kids, Aaron and Marty, um, be the first ones to write it. Okay. So they get to beta test um, a potentially dangerous uh, amusement park ride. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then what's funny is, and, is keep this in mind. She asks her dad, can mom come too? Okay. Just keep that in mind. And he's like, no. And he's all pissed. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that sounds healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll, that'll make sense in a second. Okay. So they're doing the Shocker Studio tour. Right. And um, they're, they're super excited because these kids love these movies. Right. And they're, it's basically a tram right like a they they describe it as sort of like a roller coaster except for it's not really on a track okay and there's no safety equipment okay <laughs> so it's and a four-wheeler <laughs> mag train how does this work yeah yeah i don't know i mean there's no like buckles or any point of saying that and it, the dad tells them specifically do not get out of the tram no matter what okay, okay. so it's it's the the whole rest of the book like the entirety of the rest of the book is them on this universal studios tour okay <clears throat> and it basically it's just a bunch of little disconnected vignettes right of them getting shocked by um or shocked and th- them getting scared um by shocker studios um you know characters and things Okay, so like the first place they go into is a haunted house, right? And it's like, meh, it's okay, right? They're not really that enthusiastic about it, right? It's like Haunted Mansion from Disneyland, okay? And then somehow the the tram goes full Space Mountain and they're in the dark going through like a roller coaster somehow and not getting thrown out or killed. And then... Like they come out and they're like, well, that was fun. And then a whole bunch of monsters come up and ask them if they want their autographs. <laughs> I don't know. Can you guys see my wife's butt? <laughs> no. She's mooning the screen. 
<laughs> no, they didn't see you. Okay, sorry so, not to derail you. <laughs> no problem. Um, no, but it's like like a wolfman and like um, Frogo, I think was his name, was from a movie called Pun Scum 1 and 2, or 2 and 3, actually. Uh, and, and like they come up and they're like, autographs? And the kids are like, what the heck are you talking about? And they're like, do you want an autographed picture? And they start like signing autographs for the kids. It was just, it was bizarre. Uh-huh. Right. And, and so I don't know, they, they're just going through the tram and then it gets stuck in this cave with these worms in it. Right. And so they decide, Hey, we're going to get out of the tram and walk around cause it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even though they were, yeah, they were not, not to. supposed to do that. Okay. And so then this is where they meet the, the praying mantises. Mm-hmm. Okay. Manti? Man- Manti? I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know how you, how you do it. How you do it, but okay. So I want to ask you, Ryan, as an author, mm-hmm. okay, um, do you ever like pay attention to what you write? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I've done. Sorry, good. So, so say you establish a scale, like a, a size scale of something, right? Do you, do you like remember it? Because <laughs> because I don't think R.L. Stein does. No, I can tell from his books that he just he just he comes up with a title and then he writes. It's kind of stream of conscience, and it doesn't. None of it makes sense. Um, yeah, but you should go back as a writer or even an editor and notice this stuff. I've done stuff like this where you know I've changed a character's name, let's say. And not real, and then but but then when you go back and read it, and you go, "Wow, I'm a fucking idiot. I need to make this the same." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you gotta catch you catch that stuff as a professional. <laughs> now, see the stream of consciousness thing. I think actually kind of works for Goosebumps because it's dealing with little kids, you know, right. and a lot of it you can kind of chalk it up to kids being dumb, right? And they don't really know what's going on. Someone's so, an like, elitist. <laughs> Huh? I said someone's an elitist. No, no, I'm just saying like <laughs> like they don't know what's what's really happening. They're in the dark for a lot of the 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 book, right? And and, and I also think with stream of consciousness, um, because he doesn't know what's coming next, it assures that the reader doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> so you kind of keep reading, like, where's this going? I, I think that might be like the genesis of the whole getting steined thing, because he just paints himself into a corner mm-hmm. and then it's like what am I going to do? And then like yeah. turns chapter and it's like, uh, it was a tree, you know, and stuff like <laughs> that. Is like brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the reason why I asked is he, he, um, describes these giant praying mantises, right? And he starts off saying they have eyes as big as billiard balls. Okay. Now <laughs> that's not actually that big. No, you know, if you were to if you were to like like proportionately think about how big a praying mantis's eyes are, right? And then think about how big a praying mantis would be with billiard balls sized eyes. Mm-hmm. I'd think like, I don't know, three feet tall, four feet tall, right? Because they got pretty big eyes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they're like twelve feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that means blind. Yeah, so they have teeny tiny eyeballs and then at one point to get away from like the praying mantis, the main character steps on its foot 
and then it goes down like in pain. It just crumbles. Yeah, basically it falls over and then they run away. But it's like a 12, because it says three times their height, right? And they're 12 year old kids. So it could be anywhere from like 12 to 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then she just stomps on its foot and it goes down. And it's just like, there's more to it. There's more descriptions about it, but it just seems wildly inconsistent. Um, but anyway, so it's a whole like herd of them. There's like eight of them in this, in this book and they run away and they're like metallic silver for some reason. And they shoot um, acidic spit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> huh. So what? Oh, nothing. I just went, huh? Yeah, so so they get out of there. All you can do. Yeah, I mean, so so they escape the the manti, and um, like they run into some zombies, right? Because mm-hmm. there's like a cemetery, and they they get like um attacked by zombies. I don't know who like they make a mention or they make it a point to say that they're bright green. Yeah, for some reason. Like the zombies are green, yeah, like bright green, like <laughs> just just strange like choice, but um, okay, and then like let's see, um, oh, and so they escape from the zombies, but they fall into a sinkhole, okay, and they're rescued, um, and and so they're like, oh, you know, we got pulled out of the sinkhole by some people, and it turns out. It was Wolf Boy and Wolf Girl who pulled them out of the sinkhole, and then now they want to eat them, basically. Huh. Okay, so they um, save them to kill them. Is that- yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you know, at this point, the main character Aaron is freaking out, and she's like, "Man, um, why can't we just get off this ride? You know, we're supposed to meet my dad. I'm scared. I don't want to be scared anymore." And so she like basically yanks on like wolf girl's face because she's like take this mask off you know and like they'd just been sitting there growling and she yanks on it and it wasn't a mask right and so now they're freaking out because this whole time they've thought it was just animatronics and all this other stuff even though they were literally just drowning in a sinkhole mm-hmm. okay so this is the thing that pulls them over and so they're like okay we're we're you know this isn't a ride. We're going to die sort of thing. Right. And so then the tram comes back. Like mm-hmm. it's just going down the street and they're like, there's the tram. And so somehow they outrun these werewolves on foot, barefoot. Cause they lost their shoes in a sinkhole. Okay. And they jump on the tram. The werewolves give up chase, but the tram is now filled with spooky skeletons. Okay. <laughs> and we're almost done. Okay. So, <laughs> so now spooky skeletons are like grinning at them and stuff and the tram is heading for get this a castle okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like it's gonna go straight into the wall and so they jump off the tram but the wall goes or the, the tram goes through the wall like it was a hologram right and they're like, oh, I guess that was part of the ride again, right? It's apparently they have memories of goldfish. And they walk up to the wall, <laughs> and 
it's a it's a it's not a it's not a hologram. It's a it's a you know straight stone wall for a castle. And so now they're freaking out again. And then boom, lights come on, right? And there's a director and a film crew. Okay, and they're like, cut. And the kids are like, what the hell is going on, right? And so um, they they're talking to the to the kids, and they're like. Well, didn't your dad tell you that we were filming the like filming this for a movie? Okay, so they're going to be in a movie from Shock Studios, and they're like, "Oh man, that's crazy! Why wouldn't my dad tell me that?" You know, you know, he he probably wanted like genuine reactions, like that scene in Alien or something like that, right? And so they're like, "Okay, well, I guess that makes sense." Um, my dad's a sadist, right? And so they look though, and there's a cable coming from the director, like plugged into an outlet. And so it's like, what? He's not really a director. This is all still part of the show. And so the kids take off and, and they're like trying to get away from this, you know, fake robot director. Right. And they run into the house of the sh- uh, of Shaktro. Right. The the one that Marty has been talking about this entire time. And apparently Shaktro, um, all he did was he just literally shocked people. And that was like anybody who went in, and, and this would be a terrible movie, right? If just anybody that went in his house got shocked with 20 million volts of electricity is what it said. Right. <laughs> okay. And so Marty runs into the house, boom, electrocuted to death. and 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 here's the thing this is the this is the best uh steining of all time ready for it Mm -hmm. yep actually uh, actually like just electrocuted to death really (laughs) really yeah and so yeah yeah so then okay so then she's freaking out because uh, her best friend just died right and then like i guess she decides to go into the house too right <laughs> and because she's trying to get away from the director dude um and uh, oh no 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 wait that's not what happens sorry he gets shocked to death and then she freaks out and just like malfunctions right she lo- she loses it and it turns out um the kids all along were the robots okay and they were they were animatronic children that her quote-unquote dad um had created to test their new rides okay so they were like basically sentient test dummies and that's how it ends and um it, like he like the dad says something about um how he knew something was wrong with her because she had mentioned her mom earlier and she didn't have a mom because she was a robot. And so he's like, I guess her, you know, programming was off. And so then it just basically ends with him picking up their dead robot bodies and walking back off to the lab to fix them, to go send them through another, uh, so he like theme park creates true AI. Like he finds yes. the singularity and then he's like, let's shut this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he creates, well, I mean, I think it's more than that. He creates AI just to literally torture them. 
Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's it. Brilliant. That's yeah. pretty brilliant. Except that it's terrible. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think I understand now what the point of goosebumps is. Okay. After doing this for a few years. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> keep in mind, this is our fifth, our fifth spooky month. So, so here's a heavy sigh. Here's my theory. Okay. Uh-huh. Because all of these, uh, or, or the majority of them kind of have a similar theme. Okay, is that the kids involved in it usually like horror or Mm -hmm. some sort of horror related activity. Right. Okay, Um, like there's there's a lot of them that are like that. I think this is a modern like Aesop's fables to try to get kids not to read horror (laughs) because all the kids that like no, no, because all the kids in the in the books and stuff that like horror movies or horror whatever, terrible things happen to them. Yeah, you know. I guess. I mean, to me, that's that's <laughs> stretching a little, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, like these two kids were like super horror fans, right? Or were I've read they programmed s- to be horror fans. There you go. I don't know. Huh. I, I mean. I guess if you're going to force robots to ride a ride, you would want to give them one they would at least enjoy. Right? Uh, I think so. Things are starting to crumble here. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, this is the first time I've ever thought that maybe he didn't think it through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's uh, shocker on shock street. All right. Well, uh, so was, out of five, what would you give it? <laughs> <laughs> the usual two out of five for Earl. Yeah, it was like it was like a two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because like the, the, it was like a slog. Because you know we talk about stream of consciousness, you know, um, but at least a lot of them kind of have plots. Yeah, this one did not. This one just had like it was almost like it was a bunch of shorts for an anthology, right? And then he was just like, you know what? Let's just name all the characters the same and pretend it's the same thing. Huh. Is kind of what it felt like. Well, that sounds like a goosebump. <laughs> Ryan, next. Ryan, you want to go next? Yeah, I do. Um, can I pour myself a drink real fast first? Sure can. Sure. All right. Because I'm going to need it. Yeah, that's that's good. We'll we'll have enough time to get our pulses back down from all oh, that goosebump yeah, from action. That spine tingling. <laughs> a shocker on Shock Street. Yeah. Dude, they didn't even like explain half the monsters. Okay, they did like a laundry list of them, like just random names. Was the and studio they, run by like Coid Floffman or something? It, it, somebody <laughs> had like no, like they had a name like that, but I don't remember what it was. But like they didn't explain it at all. Like just just a list of names, and then I don't know. It was annoying. But okay. Ryan? All right. So I did, uh, what was mine called? The Cuckoo Clock of Doom? Yeah. Okay. I forget. Um, <laughs> whoop, I lost you guys. Hang on one sec. Where'd you go? Can you hear us? Oh, there it is. Okay. So yeah, I did uh, I did the Cuckoo Clock of Doom, which, um, it, you know, it's funny when you mentioned you got steined on the uh, cover art, because I believe <laughs> I did as well. The oh, cover, make that, make that. This one is like, a giant grandfather clock with this, like this evil cuckoo bird coming out and it's got like glowing red eyes and 
I'm just thinking like, yeah, cool little monster story. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, that that you don't even see the cuckoo. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, typical to Stein. This one involves um, siblings. Mm-hmm. This time, a, a brother with a younger sister, as opposed to his other favorite, a sister with a younger brother. Mm-hmm. So we've got Michael and Tara. And um, so Tara, his little sister, is a straight-up cunt. Like this bitch, <laughs> I was like, I hope this bitch dies because she's and she's like six or something, and he's like, well, I think he's like twelve and she's like seven. There's mm-hmm. like a wide enough gap that like they're not friends, you know? Yeah. Um, and but she's just a bit like everything she does is to torture her older, and it's the type of thing where, uh, she'll do something and he'll get in trouble, and then the parents come in, and then instead of him saying like she did it. It's just immediately like, Michael, why'd you do this? You're grounded, that kind of shit. Anyway. And so their whole family dynamic is off. Right, right. So right. mom and dad, Michael and Tara. So um, starts out basically with establishing that he hates his little sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad comes home with this grandfather clock. And apparently he's been walking by it in a shop for 15 years, wherever he works. He like walks by this like antique shop and he sees this clock in the window for 15 years. He's wanted this clock. He's talked about it. Oh, Finally wow. buys it cause it's on sale now. Right. Well, yeah, it's been in the store for 15 years. Right. <laughs> it's, but he had, he had to wait for the sale. That's how cheap this bastard is. If you just put away a dollar every day for 15 years, he could have bought it. 10 years. <laughs> so, but the th- and so he goes in to buy it, and the guy like doesn't want to sell it to him. He's like, "No, you can't have it, even though it's on sale." And I'm trying to get rid of it. So he finally gets it, and he brings it home. And he he goes, "Hey, kids, look at this cuckoo clock." And they're like, "Oh, awesome!" And uh, <laughs> he like, "But it's cursed." So, but I don't know why. He tells the kids it's cursed. They don't know why. And there's all these weird dials on it, like obviously minutes and and hours but then like year dates and like uh something else like the like um i forget colors or numbers or something weird is uh, phases of the moon (laughs) yeah something like that uh and then so he tells he tells the kids that so apparently the antique dealer told him this story that it was made the clock was made by a wizard uh in the black (laughs) in the black forests of germany And then he says, like, you can never touch the clock, right? Um, oh, there is actually, I lied. There's one point. This is the only time in the book. So they're moving the clock into like the den, and the cuckoo bird does come out. And it's like a little yellow bird, and it just doesn't do anything. It just cuckoos for <laughs> six times a minute. And then it goes back in, and that's it. That's the only time in the whole book you see the cuckoo clock. <laughs> in this book titled The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Yeah. Um, so then we get into what is the basic. Uh, structure of the story is Michael relaying story after story after story about how his little sister is just an absolute bitch. So it starts out <laughs> and it's a weird, I got to give a little bit of credit to Stein for this one. I don't know if his editor made him like actually sort of do a bit of a plot structure here, but he does like the, he does a flashback within a flashback within a flashback within a flashback. <laughs> and then later, and, and then later on, it actually starts to make sense. So it starts out with him telling the story about. Um, uh, oh wait! First off, wait! I have my notes right here. 
So, oh, that's right. So before he does the flashbacks, they put the clock in the den when his dad says, don't touch it because it's cursed. It was made by a wizard. Then his mom makes dinner. And for some weird reason, she's like a crazy vegan and she like won't let them eat meat. And this is like an important part for this chapter. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, And she like keeps complaining about how they put weird chemicals in the meat. So she won't let her kids eat the meat or whatever. So then uh, after dinner, Michael goes into the den to do his homework and his little sister is hiding inside the clock that she's not supposed to touch and mm-hmm. jumps out and like does something to the clock, like breaks it a little bit. And so then the dad comes in and is like, I told you Michael never to touch the clock. And he's like, it wasn't me, you know, but like they don't believe him because apparently they hate their kid. So then he goes, this is why he goes to up to his room. He's pissed off and he starts relaying these stories about how, so like his birthday just recently passed like two weeks ago or something. And his parents bought him a bike and she, uh, when they, when they took the ribbon off the bike, Tara jumps on the bike and like knocks it over and breaks it. And it was like the bike that he had wanted. And he's like, he's pissed. And then his parents get pissed at him. They're like, don't you understand your sister could have been hurt? Like, why aren't you a better big brother? Like just (laughs) me. What kind of crappy bike just breaks? I've a Stein bike. Like the <laughs> bike steined him. That's right? what happens whenever you save your money up for a clock and not a bike. <laughs> so then the next day, I think is his birthday party and he invites his friends and there's this girl that he likes. I forget her name, like Mona or something. And he's like, Oh, Mona's coming. And I'm, you know, I'm really into her. So of course his little sister first thing runs up and is like, do you know my brother likes you? And so he's like totally embarrassed. And then he's trying to play it off cool. And he goes into the kitchen to get the birthday cake. Cause it's time to make, uh, to have cake. And as he's walking out, his sister trips him and he falls on the cake, gets covered in the cake, which I had a note where like it's brown chocolate cake and everyone starts saying he looks like the Hulk. And I'm like, what damn Hulk comics are you reading? <laughs> well, uh, to be fair. <laughs> it wasn't gray, though, if you're going. Yeah, okay, okay. I was about to say the original Hulk was gray. So I guess it could be whatever. Maybe he had like green icing on his cake. Maybe they didn't want it to look too much like the real Hulk because of copyright yeah. infringement. Maybe this was the Hulk. I don't yeah, know. I yeah. don't, you, uh, oh. <laughs> it's words on a page. And you <laughs> You're going to get sued for licensing problems. You already committed yourself. So, maybe, um, it was, maybe it was just a Hulk, not the Hulk. Oh, there you go. Could have been like Hulk Hogan <laughs> in that scat play video. Wait, what? <laughs> We've so, all seen it. So two days. So then he goes into it. So the flashbacks go backwards in time. So then he says, well, a couple days before the birthday party, this girl, Mona, whatever, had come over to practice a play and he was in the play with her and he was, I don't know, a fucking tree or whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so he's like, I got to go upstairs and put on the tree costume so that, you know, it can be authentic when we rehearse. Mm-hmm. And then so he goes upstairs and he can't get the costume on and he's in his underwear and his little sister brings Mona up to his bedroom <laughs> and is like, oh, my brother wants to see you. And so she like walks in and he's just in his skivvies and he's like mortified, right? Like, so already you hate this girl. And every time something like this happens, the mom is like, oh, Michael, be nice to your sister. You know, like she's ruining his life. The kid needs therapy. And should have thought about that before you changed underwear. 
<laughs> um, then a couple of days before that, so he's on the basketball team, and he goes, uh, he's at the game after school, and he looks over and he sees his sister, who's like what seven, just there by herself at the school, and one of the kids on the team is like kind of a bully. And he wears this like hat. I forget what kind of hat it is, like a blue hat, baseball hat or whatever. So she takes it and she puts it in Michael's gym bag for after the game. And the kid, the bully's like flipping out, like, where's my hat? Where's my hat? And then, uh, of course, he finds it in Michael's book bag and then like beats the shit out of Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Pummels him. And like he goes home with like a broken nose and cracked ocular sockets. I don't know. Like he's just talking about how like he's all bloody and his nose is all out of whack. And his mom's like, you got to stop getting into fights. Be more like your sister. (laughs) The sister's Um, the one that put the hat in his bag. (laughs) Yeah. So then his whole plan is to, he goes, well, I'm going to get my sister back for all these horrible things she does. I'm going to break the clock. And I'm going to blame it on her. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so he goes in to the clock and he reaches in and he grabs the cuckoo bird and he like turns its head around or something and then puts it back in the clock. And like, that's all he does. And he's like, oh, dad's going to be so mad when he finds out he'll ground her. But like, there's no evidence. He doesn't leave any evidence that she did it or anything. Yeah, you know? and there's, there's also no precedent for that because they always blame him for everything anyway, right? Correct. So they would have just assumed he did it. What a stupid plan. <laughs> it's totally Maybe dumb. the kid deserves everything he gets. He might. <laughs> he should have been nicer to his sister. Team Mona. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Mona was the girl he liked. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so he twists the bird's head around. And then he wakes up the next morning. And he goes out and his parents are like... Uh, Hey, guess what? We got you a bike for your birthday. So he's like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And he's like, you already gave me the bike. So he goes out to the garage where the bike is with the bow. Tara comes running out. She's like, hey, cool bike. Jumps on it, knocks it over, breaks it. So now he realizes, like, I'm reliving this day. Neat. Ah. So he so he has to, he gets in trouble again for not being nice to his sister. Oh, but shit. He realized, but he gets then beat he realizes, up. What was that? Does he get beat up every day? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so then he realizes like, oh, time is like kind of going backwards in a way. So I still have to celebrate my birthday. So he catches on that his birth and, and maybe his birthday was later that day. You know what? I think maybe the birthday was the same. I might have confused that. So he goes, oh, I got to have the birthday party. But at least this time I know what's going to happen. Right. So the Mona shows up for the birthday party and instead of being like, Hey Tara, come here, let me lock you in the closet. She, he doesn't do anything and she runs right up and goes, my brother really likes you. So he's like mortified all over again. (laughs) So then he remembers like, Oh, well the the cake incident happens. I can stop that from happening. But no, he doesn't. (laughs) He's walking to the dining room with the cake again. And he's like, Oh, I know my sister's going to be waiting for me to trip me. So I'll just wait. And he doesn't see her and he walks through the, the doorway, the threshold, and she trips him and he falls on the cake again. So at this point, yeah, like he totally deserves it. He's an idiot. And then uh, so he wakes up the next day and it's the uh, he, he's gone backwards in time again to the point where Mona is coming over to rehearse the play. 
So again, you'd think like, okay, he knows not to go upstairs and, you know, get stuck in his underwear. But she's like, I don't want to rehearse until you're in your costume because I need it to be real, yada, yada, yada. So he's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay. And instead of going upstairs and like, blocking his bedroom door or something or wedging it or something. Cause I think there was a, he, he said something about like his sister, it had a broken lock on the door so he couldn't lock the bedroom door, but you have like a bed or a chair or a closet you could get in like something. Right. So same thing happens again. He's in his underwear. The sister brings up the girlfriend sees him, and he's mortified, uh, wakes up the next day. Now he's freaking out. He's like, how do I get this to stop? Wakes up the next day. It's the basketball game. So he goes, does the basketball game, and he forgets. He forgets about the hat incident. The incident where he got the (laughs) shit kicked out of him. He just forgets. And after the game, he's like, I know something weird happened this day. I don't know what. Oh, yeah, the hat. And then he gets his ass kicked again. So then the the book... (laughs) Then the book starts uh, delves into this other arc where he realizes uh, if it keeps going this way, he's going to be pulling like a Benjamin Buttons. He's going to get younger and younger and younger and younger, which he does. And Stein, thankfully, skips over chunks of this man, this boy's life. You know, just he wakes up one day and he's five and he doesn't have a sister anymore. He's like, where's my sister? And he he goes out to the parents and he's like, where's Tara? And they're like, oh, honey, who's Tara? Ha ha ha. Right, like because they're idiots too, and the and then yeah. there was more mention of the mom being vegan at that part, and I don't know what that has to do with anything in the book, other than I'm wondering if Stein is like a vegan advocate at this point. <laughs> so then, eventually, he wakes up and he's like, I think he's like three or four at one point, and he realizes that it this all happened when he broke the clock. So he's got to go find the clock and fix the clock, which of course would make no sense because in the past the clock wouldn't be broken, right? But it's a Stein book. So even when he's three, he retains the memories of his 12 year old self. I've seen this one. I've seen the episode of this one. Oh, you have? Yeah. Now that I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yes. There's also an episode of Star Trek that's like this. I did okay. not see that. So he yeah, doesn't involve cuckoo clock, though. At three, he manages to get on a city bus, fast <laughs> transit. I'm not kidding. And the driver is like, hey, baby boy, what are you doing here? And and he can talk, I guess, like a 12-year-old. So he's like, take me to the antique store, you know. <laughs> so, so he does. And he goes to the antique store. And for some reason, he can't reach the clock. I forget. He can't get to the clock. He's a three-year-old? He's like three or four. Like, he's really yeah. young. The guy like, like- should not be on a bus by himself young. The guy's like, I hope we sell this clock. It's it's already been sitting here ten years. Like, like it's even that old back then. Sorry, it was a bad uh, joke. And then he gets yeah. home somehow. He can't he can't mess with the clock, so he gets back on the bus. I guess gets home. Uh, wakes up the next day, and he's like an infant in a crib, and he like can't really use his arms and legs, but he's still got the thoughts. Uh, you know the thought process of a 12 year old so he's like i gotta get to that antique store somehow as a baby and i think it just it just turns out that like his dad luckily is like hey i feel like going to the antique shop today lucky for him so they go there and the mom's holding him because he's a baby and as a baby he somehow manages to like 
jump out of her arms and get onto the alarm clock or sorry, not the alarm clock, the, the cuckoo clock and open it up and twist around the bird's uh, head. And then, uh, so he, he solves his own problem. Uh, but then, oh, so when he, when he did that in the antique shop, when he messed with the bird's head, he somehow broke the dial, the year dial on the clock. And he only broke it on the year that his sister was born. So when he wakes up the next day and he's back to being his 12 year old self, that year never happened. So he doesn't have a little sister anymore. And he's like, I don't even miss her. Fuck her. End of book. (laughs) 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 I mean, can you blame him? No, I was like, good. I was like, good for you, Michael. You go. This is the happiest ending a Goosebumps has ever had. Yeah. It would be great if it did actually say, you know, fucker, and that was the end. <laughs> so I, I gotta say, like, this one had a little bit of like a structure going on where, you know, he did these flashbacks, then he let you relive all the flashbacks in reverse. So it kind of worked, you know. That, that's, that's actually kind of neat. Yeah. It, I gotta say, other than the fact that it had nothing really to do with a cuckoo clock, or a cuckoo, I should say, but. Um, it wasn't a half bad story, but I can totally see where it was derivative of, you know, you, you guys said Star Trek or whatever. Like, I feel like well, he, the, the Star Trek episode I'm talking about actually would have come out after this. All right. But hmm. I feel like this is sort of something that, um, he probably read or saw somewhere else because <laughs> the structure, the structure is way too professional <laughs> for him to have come up with this, <laughs> come, come up with this on his own. Like, this is definitely, like, he pulled this from somewhere and then just turned it into a kid's story instead. (laughs) So, hold on, but why was the reason... So, whenever he goes back to what was previously his present day, just his sister's not there? Because he... Yeah, because he broke the... There was a year dial on the cuckoo clock, and as a baby, when he reset time, he broke that dial, and it it doesn't stop on that year anymore. Oh, okay. I think the year was like 2007 or 2008 or whatever. And so that was the year his sister was born. But I guess according to, since this clock somehow controls time, it just every, the whole planet skipped the year 2008. Oh, okay. Okay. So she was never, nobody noticed that she was gone. No, that they skipped a year. I I mean, nope. (laughs) Yeah, so Cuckoo Clock of Doom was in 95. The episode of Star Trek I'm talking about was in uh, 97. Hmm. So maybe... Um, wasn't... wasn't um, isn't Benjamin Buttons based on a, a story? In, in, I thought that was an old book anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, but he That's wasn't saying, actually going it? back in time. He was just, he was just yeah. aging backwards. He was born an old man. He wasn't like... But like when he was 20, he was just, you know, like 60. Okay. He just looked like he was like 60 or whatever. Yeah. There's um, got to be something that has this story before yeah, he wrote this book. It does Benjamin seem. Button was 1922. Hmm. 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 Even you like, um, it's not the same, but even something like The Shrinking Man where he just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, has that element. This episode of Star Trek that I'm talking about, like she actually goes back and relives her own birth. And then like, like it actually even shows her in the womb, like un, you know, developing. Oh, butterfly effect is kind of like this too. Kind of. Like it's yeah. just vignettes going back and back. And then finally he just chokes himself out in the womb. <laughs> right. That's well, Oh, that was, that was like the, the, that was the director's that was, ending. That was the director's cut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, you're talking about the. I was thinking. I was thinking of something else. There that, is that the Ashton Kutcher movie or yep. something. Yeah, yeah. Like so, the direct, the director's cut ending. He chokes himself out in the like he cuts off his uh his umbilical cord. Umbilical cord yeah. Oh, uh, and just dies. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna find where he stole this. <laughs> <laughs> it's too no, good. Every once in a while, there's like a glimmer of genius in these. Um, like that one that I read. A long time ago, I live in your basement. Is legitimately a good book, like <laughs> legitimately. Well, so every every once in a while it happens. So, right, do so, we give do we give him points on this one? <laughs> yeah, what what would you give it out of five? Uh, <clears throat> I'd probably give it a three. It, wow, it, that's high, it Stein. Structure <laughs> to it, and at the you actually kind of cheer at the end, like yeah, fuck that cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, uh, mine is my best friend's invisible, and I also got steined on the cover. I don't know if y'all can see, but I mean, this yeah. happens, but it's very, very short in the book. Why is he? Why would he be carrying all of that at the same time? Yeah, it's like he's carrying a a pizza or two pieces of pizza, like separately of each other, a pizza box and a soda just floating in the air while the cat is screaming. And that's the cover. <clears throat> so anyway, this is this is uh, it's a book. It's um, there's a kid named Sammy. All right, so I drank a lot while reading. <laughs> right, I'll, put it, I'll, I'll put it that way. All right, so this kid named Sammy. He's got two scientist parents and a younger brother named Simon. And Sammy gets in trouble a little bit, but Simon is like. This boy genius that never gets in trouble, but and there's like animosity between them, but like I don't know, Simon honestly doesn't really play a big part in the story. It seems like he put him there in case he would play a part, you know, and then just like was like, ah, whatever, he's kind of boring, we'll just go off without him. So, Sammy and his best friend Roxanne start uh brainstorming like their English term paper, and he's suggesting like the life of a moth. Uh, or like charting plant growth um and she wants to uh film a haunted house now this is supposed to be an english term project but filming a haunted house whatever Uh, i guess it's one of these uh you know less structured schools but uh so they um sammy notices that his cat brutus is like staying out of his bedroom and acting weird and stuff. And he sees that, uh, Oh, also, you know, I mentioned that his parents were scientists and they had like this special molecular flashlight. It'll come into play later. doesn't really matter. What does that mean? I think it can see molecular, uh, (laughs) Like, basically, you could, I mean, honestly, it never really explained it. Like, you could shine a flashlight and see, like, the molecular content of what happened. Now, on also, so do your fucking eyes, right? But, I mean, anyway, 
It doesn't really matter. Only at the very end does this ever come into play. Um, it it says, oh, okay, hold on. Uh, it allows invisible organisms to be made visible. Very, very convenient. So like for a flashlight. The, yeah, very, very convenient <laughs> for the story about an invisible friend, right? Yeah. So anyway, so Sammy's like, you know what? Tired of your shit. Uh, like, cause he's kind of rude to this Roxanne girl for no reason. Like she's real nice to him. And he's like, I'm better than you. Right. Best friends leave. Like it's real mixed signals from him. And so he's like, go home. I want to, uh, uh, we'll, we'll catch back up and watch this horror movie. Oh, Hey, there you go. Like kids mm-hmm. obsessed with horror. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so she leaves and, uh, He's like kind of weirded out because shit in his move in his room has been moved around and the cat's acting weird. And so then the next morning he goes downstairs and his family's all eating breakfast and they're like, yeah, we poured you cereal. And he goes and takes a bite and then he leaves for a second, comes back and it's all eaten. And he and they're like, whatever. Get out of here, Sammy. You're so full of it. You're nothing like your brother who's awesome. And and so like he is like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like cats acting weird. The family, someone ate my cereal, but they're covering for each other. So then he goes to school, (laughs) (laughs) goes to school. Then he comes back home and, uh, there's like cereal and like food and all sorts of shit all over his floor. And he comes to a conclusion that only a ghost could have caused this. Makes sense. And then a ghost speaks up and like he's like holy shit a ghost and he's like oh no i'm not a ghost my name's brent i'm an invisible boy i'm 12 and i want to be your friend and so he's like what the hell is going on and he's like you know um i'd still think ghost yeah yeah like at that point yeah yeah he does too like but then (laughs) then so uh he tells roxanne she doesn't believe him and so but she does tell the entire school about it, and they all start mocking him. <laughs> so it's like kind of two two people that are kind of both assy to each other, but whatever. And they're best friends still. But anyway, so the school's like, oh, yeah, me and my invisible friend. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And they're like real, real shitty to him. And like he eats lunch like alone, uh, I think in the bathroom. I can't really remember. But yeah, he like... Everything's bad at, at school. So anyway, Roxanne finally convinces him that they're going to go up to that spooky hedge house. Also, he'd kicked the ghost out of his life or the best, you know, the invisible kid out of his life. Like he's like, get lost and and like opens but, the window. And I think he pushes him out of the window. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> but how would you know if your invisible friend has gone from your life? Exactly. So anyway, so Roxanne's like, you know, we're going to this hedge house. It's supposed to be this haunted place. Uh, that's what we're going to do the paper on. I don't want to do your lo- moth lifespan thing. And he's like, all right, whatever. So they go back home and like a bunch of crazy shit starts happening in that haunted house, you know? And like mm-hmm. it's like choke slamming him and stuff, <laughs> like like it's throwing stuff at him and and stuff. And, and then so he runs back home, and his parents are like, "Dude, you're acting crazy as shit. We're gonna lock you up. <laughs> like we're we're straight up institutionalizing you." And and he's like, "No, no, no. Watch. Uh, oh, also the the invisible friend is like, "Hey, did you like?" Did you like what I did at that haunted house? I really sold it. And he's like, oh, it was you. I knew it. But anyway, so his parents are like, you know, we're going to institutionalize you and all this stuff. And so he runs and grabs that flashlight and he shines it. And he's like, see, I'm not crazy. And they all see it. And uh, 
and and his family's like, oh look, look, you're you're not crazy. Look, we've read about these, you know, before. Uh, it's it's a human, and he's what? like, what? And uh, it, they're like, oh yeah, he's only got. Look, he's got one head and two arms. Look, you know, the invisible friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turned out they were like bug people or some shit. And he's like, all right, well, we'll put the human in a zoo. (laughs) And they're like, after all, humans are an endangered species. And that was it. And I was like, yeah. And that's like the last two pages of it. And it's like, oh, so you didn't explain any of the plot, but it was all a lead up to like, oh, see, never said they weren't bug people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that was i got steined uh two out of five <laughs> brilliant yeah yeah the man is a genius it's, yeah, it's crazy it's a twist you'd never see coming it's crazy to think that he probably made more off that book than i've made in my you know oh, adult God. life Oh, when absolutely. I, when I saw the number of titles when I was when I mentioned I was looking, I, I thought that as well. I'm like, how much this guy has got to be filthy stinking rich. I mean, I, I think we all know he has money, but like considering how many titles, how much he's sold and what the product is, is he the greatest like maybe possible scam artist in literary <laughs> history? Like dude, his net worth is 202 million and he earns oh his God. net annual income right now is 18 million. And he just makes shit up as he goes. With the exception of like uh, maybe one or two every five years. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm writing long books. types of books, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I would love to write like kids horror books. Like I think that they'd be fun as shit. But I don't. I, you know, I've, I've thought about it and then I go to the bookstore and I see just the massive amount out there you know yeah you gotta have something you know to distinguish yourself i really liked uh what was that guy matthew stott remember he wrote these kids books that were actually creepy like pretty damn creepy much better than goosebumps (laughs) uh was he the one that did the turtle boy one no that was keelan patrick burke now this was uh he did the one about the like. Remember the monsters that would lure the kids out into like some alternate universe. Yes, and but it was like fucked up. It was like uh, like dead relatives that died in the war and stuff would would <laughs> like like they what's, the, what's his name Matthew Scott Stott S T O T T. He also I mean um, he doesn't exclusively write uh, kids horror, but he has this series of books that are like the other world or upside down or some shit. I, I can't remember. It's been a few years since we covered it, but we also had covered one of his, uh, what was it? 66. It was kind of like Jeepers yeah. Creepers, uh, had that kind of feel to it. It was definitely like an adult horror book, but yeah, anyway, all I was saying is he writes them and they're much better than this. And mm-hmm. yeah, and he's probably not pulling in 18 mil a year. <laughs> I was going to say he's probably Richard Narlstein ever thought about me. <laughs> ever thought about me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh y'all want to jump into the book or into the um tv show real quick yeah yeah let's do it this, right. this, will, this will probably be quick because literally nothing happens in <laughs> yeah. It. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this is a pretty cookie cutter episode yeah and, and so what was this called this was the house the uh, house of no return house, house of no return. Return. yeah so protagonist is a new kid in town 
Well, here, here, let's do. Uh, can I do a quick one one sentence synopsis? Yeah, sure. Uh, of this episode, because it's essentially three asshole kids try to kill the new kid. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like that's like literally <laughs> the plot of this this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're trying to murder children. Yeah, well, that's how you got to, you know, how else are they going to get people in danger incorporated? Yeah, right. And that's the best part. <laughs> they try to they kidnap these kids to basically kill them so that they can join their club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The club that none of them seem to want to be in in the first place. Right. Like not the three kids, like the the ones they're they're victims. Right. None right? of them care about being in this stupid club. So it's like. They torture them, and hey, now you get to join our club. <laughs> yeah, and why would you want to be with those kids who tortured you then? Yeah, I like, like unless it's just like instant Stockholm syndrome. Well, I like how they <laughs> how they get the mom or uh, Chris. Like they call his house, and Chris is like telling his mom. Chris is the protagonist, but he's telling his mom like, "Yeah, these new kids want or these kids want me to come to the mall." And she's like, "Do you know them? Are they nice kids?" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever, mom," and just like leaves. Yeah, and I don't know that that mom and him had a weird dynamic. They seemed like there was something that neither of them wanted to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it, it. I mean, I don't want to pry too much into these fictional characters' personal, <laughs> you know, lives. But there was no dad, mm-hmm. right? And they just moved in. So, we, you know, maybe something bad happened or mm. divorce or death or something. Yeah. And they relocated for life. But anyway, there's these three kids. <laughs> what were their names? Like Laura, Nathan, and Robbie. All I remember like is that. Robbie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so um, they're looking for new members of Danger Incorporated, which is their club, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's an official and, LLC, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, they have a initiation ritual, basically, which which is forcing other kids to spend an hour in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's how it starts. And it's like this kid who um, has been in there for like 10 minutes and then runs out screaming. And they're like, oh, whatever. Kid's not going to be in our club. And then like, <laughs> but but <laughs> um, they, I don't know, they're looking for new members for some reason. Okay. None of, none of the three kids seem to be happy with their lives. Right. They're all kind of selling and yeah. and like they angry seem at the like world too huh? wussy to be the bad kids though don't they yeah oh no they're absolutely the nerd kids yeah you know but they're like the and, nerd and, kids that thought they were cool like the magic yeah. the gathering kids <laughs> yeah no offense to any magic the gathering you know the game's fine but the kids at our school that did that i, I you remember I, I like know, the kid maybe that said, also like that kid that was like uh Tried to set me on fire. That's who I was gonna say. Powers. Yeah, yeah, the witch kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was this kid that. <laughs> Wait, there was this. He was a Magic the Gathering kid too, Brian. Was he? Yes. Yeah. Because huh. that's why Wes was friends with him. There was a and kid. He had powers that he could set you on fire. Yeah, he like spent on yeah. an, an inordinate amount of time trying to set Brian on fire with his mind All the powers. Time. Like I would like turn around <laughs> and like he'd be seriously like doing like this. <laughs> to me and stuff like from down the hall and i'd be like what are you doing and then like he would like stop and like dart away 
Like, it, it happened all the time. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like there was really any animosity other than both of us. Well, I, no, I, we I had art class together and stuff. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I made fun of him thinking he had powers. Well, no, I asked him all kinds uh, of stuff about witchcraft all the time. Like, that's the only <laughs> conversations we ever had. And then something, like, ticked him off. I don't know what it was, but then he just tried to burn me all the time. <laughs> Yeah. You sure it wasn't flirting? <laughs> Possibly. He's trying to get me hot. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, like you know, like when a little little girl pushes a little boy or something on the playground, but yeah, it's maybe secretly, secretly love. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. Possibly. Or maybe he just wanted to burn you alive. <laughs> <laughs> we may never know, because to be honest, I don't even remember the kid's name. <laughs> I do first and last name. I'll tell you. Okay, after. tell me later. I'm going to look him up on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, his initials are RG. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Um so these kids need new members because like quote like a corporation can only be 3 people or something like that, which once makes me wonder how big they want this corporation to be in the first place. Yeah, and what's you know? their how do they make profit? <laughs> Dead kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously that or maybe they're putting out um you know like like companies can get insurance policies out on their like employees Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe they're doing that and then just scaring all their employees to death and collecting that fat fat insurance money cash (laughs) anyway all right new kid comes to town right um like you said there's obviously trouble at home (laughs) right uh and then the kids see him and tell him that they should he should join their their team right and he's like nah i'm cool and like leaves and then they do not take that no for an answer yeah no but they just invite him to go to the mall and then the entire time uh they they're like (laughs) did you notice how hard robbie's holding his arm oh yeah they straight up kidnap him yeah and and yeah they like throw him in the house (laughs) yeah they 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 physically like manhandle him and throw him in a haunted house well first they tell him what happened there yeah yeah um which which i assumed was just some bs story that they had no clue what was really going on yeah what was it it was a couple and they lost their child and then they basically just wasted his daughter fell through the floor or something like that because he made the house poorly (laughs) right right yeah. And, then they, and then they stayed inside because they were so uh, depressed over it that yeah. they stayed inside for so long they went mad. Yeah. Hmm. And then Stein died, Mary, apparently. Is this some sort of allegory? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> that had to have been written while he and his wife were having troubles. <laughs> no? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't want to pry. <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> project project his insecurity or whatever. All right, go. So yeah, right, so they so, they shove so him they, in the yeah, house. They they kidnap him, throw him in the house. Um, and like brooms. he sits down and gets attacked by a bat. Yeah, right? like like yeah, yeah, just a bat, just straight up uh, bat. And then he decides to just sit it out. But right? then then that's uh, his plan. Floating brains like, start coming after him. Yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna sit here. He said, 
next to this wall when he wasn't next to a wall. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. And then he's like, I'm just going to sit here and run out the clock, which I guess is a an okay plan. Um, I would have probably looked for the back door yeah, because, you know, they're only watching that front door, or maybe broken a window or whatever. That's what I thought. I'm like, what about these windows right next to you? Yeah, all of them. Um, so uh, he like knocks over a vase or something, right? And then... Um, yeah, that's when the floating brooms come and start. Yeah, floating broom comes and, yes. and cleans it up. And yeah. then, like, uh, a hammer and board comes over and, like, nails the board to the door so he can't get out. And all this other stuff starts moving. And that's basically it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when he hears the voices. Yeah, yeah, and he hears some voices. And then um, all is quiet, and the kids, like, start kind of, like, wondering, you know, what happened to him. Right, because it's been over an hour, and he's the first kid to ever pass the danger, danger incorporated initiation, including themselves. Yeah, they didn't have to go through it. Yeah, um, and uh, so they go check, even though like they're all really disappointed that he made it too. Yeah, well, they didn't. Like, I don't. I don't think <laughs> danger really exists for them to get friends. Well, they said that I in the beginning. They were like, I hope he doesn't make the other kid. You know, they were like, I hope he doesn't make it. I don't like that kid. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. I don't even yeah. Like and, and so I think it's just an excuse for them to torture other children. Like, to be honest with you, this episode just got darker than I thought it was. Now that we're, <laughs> now that we're discussing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. So like they go in and check on him, right? And he's gone. And then the ghosts come out. And they're like, we made a deal with him and he slipped out the back door, right? And then the ghosts just like literally murder these kids in the uh, credits roll. Do they murder them? <laughs> they, they just own the kids. I don't think they the murder them because they, they say they were going to love them forever yeah. or something. Well, yeah. yeah. And how do you think this is going to happen? They're going to be ghost kids. That is oh, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That I didn't think true. about that. <laughs> yeah. They got got. They're not going to like let them grow up and watch them move off to college and stuff and then love them like you know yeah, i thought that as would a, keep them trapped in the house forever and like feed them rats or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 forever means forever so those kids are dead oh yeah those kids are fine. <laughs> they're straight up murdered i mean it, it it basically ends on a freeze frame of the ghosts coming after them and them screaming for their lives Right, right. Yeah, yeah. they're dead. Like hands outstretched to choke them to death. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna give this one a, a two and a half out of five. I enjoyed mm. it more. Than, I mean, it didn't have anything going on, but there it was, was one of the spookier, one yeah, of the spookier was... episodes. No, I, was, yeah. okay. I think it's a solid two. It's pretty. Uh, it's just a bad haunted house story. I never <laughs> thought about it that way. I'm bringing it down to a one and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to. I mean, yeah. it was it was a goosebumps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that concludes Spooky Month 2018. R- R- Ryan, you down next wow. year? <laughs> you down to come back next year for it? I love this man. I, <laughs> oh, I I don't know what it. I don't know why I'm so uh, attracted to continuing to read these terrible, terrible novels. Well, it shows you how good yours are. You know. i don't know it's uh you know it's i think it's got the same quality of like a sci-fi shark movie sci-fi channel shark movie you know yeah 
sense. A, yeah. a lot of them do kind of feel like just the like a cheesy B movie, you know, like a like a fifties or like you said, sci fi, you know, Sharknado or something like that. But just in book form for children is Correct, what a lot yeah. of them feel like, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. Hey, no, it's fine. It's I think if it gets kids reading, then I will totally buy goosebumps for my children. Absolutely. You know? Oh, I read I read the crap out of these when I was little. Yeah. I am my wife. Oh, I'm sorry. What? No, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say I'm really excited because my daughter, she's three and she started like she likes goosebumps, like not the books, but the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so it's much better than, you know, whatever else she watches. Yeah. Aquanauts. Yeah, it's a good sort of starter kit for horror and, I don't know, darker uh, literary yeah. avenues. So she's, she's doing Goosebumps like today. Next year she can do Hellraiser. Easer <laughs> <laughs> in. Yeah. I put Jaws on for my four-year-old yesterday. My four-year-old, he's a champ, man. He... He's watched some uh, Friday the 13th and some Nightmare on Elm Streets, Halloween, uh, the Jaws movies, Jurassic Park. I mean, we I've probably mentioned this before. We'll kind of shield, shield his eyes a little bit during the deaths, the kills. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. he has no problem just watching Freddy on screen. He, he loves it. You know, we've got a giant Michael Myers outside of our front door right now for Halloween. And he walks by it and he goes, hey, Mike. <laughs> and, and and he's four so and then you know i thought maybe yesterday with jaws he'd be a little freaked out but he he loved it you know he's uh he's a trooper that's awesome that is awesome hey uh real quick before we conclude any of this uh red ice run came out yeah it's it out, out and it's i think might be gone yeah i checked uh, I checked, uh, so it came out on Thunderstorm, and uh, yep. yeah, I believe the other day there was like two left. When I yeah, I heard there was one left like two days ago, so, yeah, so it, it's it might be gone, gone now. If not, <laughs> grab it, because it'll be gone. Um, having, haven't gotten my copies in the mail yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I'm super stoked with the cover art and everything. And Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was the last time you were on, right? You y'all just finished writing it. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. The last time because I had sent you guys sort of an advanced copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's out. It's probably sold out, maybe. And that's all I have. <laughs> I you know because now I have a nine a ten month old daughter, yeah. and it's I've got some stuff coming out in anthologies or whatnot. But um, that's going to be my last novel for probably another year or so. That's cool. That's cool, cool. Yeah, I really like how the cover, you know, on on this edition. uh, Yeah, it's... Now, are there there plans for paperback or ebook? Yep. Yeah, we've... um, I think I said it on the last podcast. Craig and I uh, put together a little uh, uh, query kit to send out, and I think we were both waiting for Thunderstorm to come out and sell out or get close to selling out before we pitched it. So that'll come. We sent, actually we did. Now that I remember, we did send out um, a couple to some publishers and we have not heard back. We're shooting a little higher this time around. I think both Craig and I are at the point in our careers where, you know, we're gunning for that mass market deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we sent it to some bigger publishing houses and that takes longer to hear back. Yeah. 
but uh, it'll come, it'll definitely be out in paperback somehow, some way um, within the next, I don't know, six months, conservatively a year on the long end, you know, because we want people to read it for sure. Yeah, it was a cool, cool, cool story. I enjoyed it. I actually Thank was you. thinking about it the other day whenever uh, just all of a sudden yeah, fog was like blowing in early in the morning. It was coming like you could see it coming at you. And I was like, ah, fucking Vikings. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, well, well, thanks for coming on again. And thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, I can't wait to. uh can't wait to for next year to explore some more spooky month. Um, I am not going to miss it for the rest of this year, though. <laughs> <laughs> worst, worst month of the year. But all right. Oh, come on. You, you haven't come around to liking this stuff yet? Oh, I love it, but it's not good. You know, like oh, it's terrible. Like I would never I would never sit and drink. Uh, and read a book that I was going <laughs> to review. Like I may have a beer, but like I wouldn't like yeah. ah fuck it, three or four beers. Well, like, well, well, you and I, you and I were kind of messaging the other night how we both drank reading these books. <laughs> I drank every night that I read it. It took me like three nights. Yeah. I read slow now with a baby, but oh, I drank every night reading this book. Yeah, am I the only one who reads these sober and takes <laughs> lots of notes? You did. <laughs> yeah well did you notice i was trying to go through my notes as i was and even my notes didn't make sense because i was like oh man that one's really drinking (laughs) yeah yeah it's good stuff well i guess uh we will be back next week probably with a movie and uh or next week next episode with a movie and the last hellfighter i believe Oh, we're gonna do that. Yeah, we need to. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So we will be back then. And where can they find you, Ryan? Uh, RyanCThomas dot com, ButtBangers four dot com. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Uh, <laughs> at Ryan C Thomas on Twitter, you can just Google me. You'll find me. Grab that last thunderstorm book, anybody, if you're listening, because it's the last one. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's, you know, I always post when I got, especially on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I kind of got over it. I can't, you know, I'm one of those guys that's just like, I can't deal with the fighting. So yeah. I pretty much spend social media time on Twitter nowadays, but I'll announce stuff coming out. I've got stuff coming out from, uh, Splatterpunk, uh, magazine has a new antho coming out that I'm in. It's charity antho as well. So, you know, spend some money for a good cause. That is awesome. 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 And you can fight with me and Brian on Facebook. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for coming. Later. The podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com.